probably, and just ever since, we've been fast friends, and they have been uh, leaders in my life. They've been encouragers in my life. They've been friends in my life, and, and who you surround yourself impacts your destiny. And, and so I just love uh, Steve's le leadership. Now, he's led a powerful church in North Carolina for years, but God's called him now, not just to lead the church, but to lead our entire fellowship of ministers, ministries, churches, missionaries around the world. Thousands of people have been put under his care. And uh, so we're so grateful that he's here. He's, he's been my friend, and God's just elevated him in his leadership. And uh, I'm glad that he's here. I want to tell you how much I trust uh, Steve. A few years back, um, along with count, talking with the elders and, and making sure everything was okay, I, I said, if anything ever happened to me, if anything, like if I, a crisis, if I died in a car crash or a plane crash, or um, I just started acting like an idiot and, and left my wife, which will never, ever happen, because um, I told her if she leaves, I'm going with you. Um, but, but let's say I just, I go off the deep end theologically, anything, if there's a crisis in our church, he's the first call. He's the one you call. That's how much I trust Steve and his ministry and his leadership because he loves you. He loves this house. He loves God's people. He loves God's kingdom. And if there was a crisis, I think he would be an awesome shepherd to come and to help you through that crisis. And he's my friend. I want him to be your friend. And I want to tell you, I love when he preaches. See, he's from North Carolina, so he doesn't know this, but I actually, when I get to church early, I, I turned him on for years, like on Facebook Live. And so I'm in my, my office praying. He's preaching because they're an hour earlier. And I'm like, man, that's good stuff. That's just great. And just firing me up. So I probably, I probably listen to Steve preach more than anyone else. So, but would you please welcome Steve as he comes to open God's word this morning. You too much, Pastor Darrell. Love you, man. Well, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. How many of you are breathing today? Amen. Amen. Praise God for breath. Hallelujah. Thank God to be able to be here today. It's an honor and a privilege, Pastor Darrell. Thank you so much. I'm extremely humbled by your, your introduction and uh, just humbled to be here and honored to be here. And I'm so blessed to have with me my wife of almost 36 years, Sharon Holder. My wife, if you'll wave at everybody, this is... Glad to have her with us. And I told her a long time ago, too, Pastor Darrell, I said, Honey, I said, if you ever decide you're going to leave me, and uh, please let me know ahead of time so I can pack, because I'm going with you. And uh, so we, we got the same thing. Pastor Darrell and I, we both married up. I mean, we did. <laughs> We're blessed. And uh, we both have three sons. We, we've uh, three boys, and, and uh, praise God for just... The blessings. The first time I came to this church uh, was probably in the early 90s, I think, and uh, you were worshiping next door in the gymnasium. Anybody remember doing that? Yeah, that was so cool. Great church, wonderful. I was so blessed and uh, uh, just fell in love with it. And then somehow or another, I landed here on your f a 40th anniversary or something you had, and I was, we were in town and we went out to some banquet place and you had this incredible video displaying 40 years of celebration. It was just awesome. There's so many wonderful memories that we, are, we cherish in ministry with one another and we're just honored to be here. We're honored to, 
come as the fellowship network to your wonderful city and to the Hyatt O'Hare. Thank you for allowing us to be here and uh, pray that you will, uh, not only will we'll receive from God, but we'll be able to also give back, amen, and uh, pray. So I think it's a very strategic time we're here, especially with the recent events that have transpired, and it's, it's certainly on our heart to pray and uh, continue to pray. I want to talk to you for a few minutes, if you will, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Uh, we're going to talk about touching Jesus, touching Jesus. Luke chapter 8 is, is such a powerful chapter. It's, Jesus does teaching in Luke chapter 8. Uh, there's several miracles in Luke chapter 8. Uh, he speaks to the wind and, and, and just calms the storm in Luke chapter 8. Uh, he um, delivers a, a, a man possessed with demons in Luke chapter 8. Sets him free and delivers him. And then there's a situation that arises in Luke chapter 8 that we're going to concentrate on here for a few moments and talk about. But there's a situation where uh, Jairus' daughter, his only daughter, is 12 years old. And the Bible says that she lays dying. In other words, she was transitioning. And um, so Jesus, hearing about this, is on his way to deal with this matter of this sick daughter. Uh, Just go ahead and tell you, before he gets there, she dies. Uh, But in route, while he's going, the crowds have gathered around them. We're going to pick up with verse 42 of Luke chapter 8. And it says, And Jesus was on his way. The crowds almost crushed him. That's, That's pretty crowded, isn't it? And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. And remember, something significant in this, the daughter was also 12 years old. And, and, and here we have a woman with a sickness for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Instantly she was healed. Who touched me? Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. As if this was a foolish thing for Jesus to say. I mean, uh, everybody's touching you, in other words. Everybody's touching you. But this was different. But Jesus said, someone touched me. Someone touched me. For I know that power has gone out from me. Verse 47, Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, very significant, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith. Everybody say, your faith. Your faith faith has healed you. Go in peace. Lord, thank you for the word today. Thank you for your truth today. Thank you for this builds faith inside of us as we hear and as we read the Word of God. Jesus, you are the answer. You are the solution. And you're the reason why we're here today. We love you. We celebrate you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. Tell them that. 
Okay, if it's not, you've got to take it up with them. They're the one that told you it was going to be good. All right. I want to just share with you a few principles I think that stand out in this passage of Scripture. It's so interesting uh, that we see here Jesus, of course, on His way to deal with the need. Jesus is always interested in meeting our needs. Amen? Whatever concerns us concerns Him. The Bible even talks about Him knowing the number of hairs on our head. And there was a long time Jesus had to count a lot with me, but now he's, He doesn't have as much interest. <laughs> Amen. I think hair's overrated anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but Jesus is concerned about our needs. He's whatever concerns us. And Jairus, of course, had presented this need to Jesus, and he's on his way to deal with it. He's on his way to meet this need. But in, in, in this moment, there, there's this, this really interesting miracle that takes place in the life of this woman with the issue of blood that really stands out somewhat different than Jesus walking into a room and laying hands on you and healing you or, or, or you know, you, you're getting the attention of Jesus. This one's different. This miracle takes on a, a level of faith that, that we haven't seen. And uh, it's very unique. So it stands out. So let's learn from it. Let's draw from it as, as to what happens here. First of all, we see here this woman having been sick for 12 years. 12 years is a long time. 12 years is how long we spend in, high, in, uh, in school. Elementary, middle, and high school. 12 years is a long time. Have you remember that day you graduated, you were so happy that that part of your life was behind you? Yeah. And uh, 12 years is a long time. And, and this woman had been sick for all this amount of time. And what is interesting here is evidently she was a woman of means, uh, uh, a woman of possibly wealth even, uh, because you don't live for 12 years with a disease and pay doctor bills for 12 years unless you have had some kind of you know, income or wealth or inheritance or something. Anyway, she was self-sufficient. She wasn't, you know, uh, you know it, it wasn't a matter where she couldn't take care of her own needs in, in, in terms of me, uh, paying the bills because she had, had been sick for 12 years, had been to every doctor that she knew and had treatments and everything, but she was not healed. She was still sick with an issue of blood. I want to tell you right now, the Bible says in the King James Version that she had an issue of blood. Had an issue of blood. Now, not all issues are physical. Not everybody, I, I, I could just ask this question in here. Pastor Darrell's already asked this already this morning. I raised my hand. Did I have a need? Absolutely have a need. Do I have issues? Absolutely I have it. Have you know, we can all uh, recognize our own struggles. We can all recognize our own needs. We can all recognize, and, and it's not always physical. It may be something that's going on. It may be depression you're dealing with. It, it, it may be a domestic issue in your, in your life. It may be a wayward child. It, it, it may be a job situation. But we've all, no doubt, probably somewhere, everywhere, every one of us in this room can identify with some kind of issue. Now, you know, some may be worse than others. I mean, you don't have to look very far to find something to be thankful for in terms of someone else who's facing something more difficult than you are, than I am. You know, I thank God that 
you know, we, we can have health and we can have healing. Because when you look around and you see people that are sick or in wheelchair bound or see people that are, you know, ho- homeless, I thank God for my home. I, th- I thank God for food when I look and I see the famine in the world. We can all look around and find something to be thankful for. But nevertheless, we still face issues in life. Can somebody say amen? amen. And this woman was facing this issue of 12 years of, an, of a bleeding issue. And no one could heal her. And so she comes up behind Jesus and touches the hem of his garment. Here's what I see. I see a, a couple of principles here that are interesting. Number one is the principle of humility. I see her. She, she comes to Jesus. Uh, she touches him with her humility because she comes up from behind him, not in front of him, but she comes up from behind him. If, if we, uh, you just had that picture up, we'll put that back up and, and, and look at that for just a moment. Uh, this picture that, that they showed here, uh, this, is, this is a picture depicting the woman touching the hem of the garment of Jesus. Now, something very interesting about this picture is this picture hangs uh, in a beautiful chapel that is dedicated to the women of the Bible right on the Sea of Galilee. Several years ago, the Catholic Church went over uh, just uh, right there on the shores of the uh, Sea of Galilee, northern part of the Sea of Galilee, and, and they began to build a, a retreat center. And when they started digging the foundation, they discovered a first century synagogue. I mean, and it, the floor is intact. I've been there several times since now. And we're talking about a recent discovery within the last 10 years. And, and, and it's a complete floor that you can see the walls, some of the walls you can see intact of a first century synagogue that no doubt would have been where Jesus actually would have gone to. And when they started digging some more, they found out it was the city of Magdala, the village of Magdala. How many of you already know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a few of you. It was the village of Magdala, and, and, uh, which was the village of Mary Magdalene. And it was a fishing village. And it was also a kind of a crossroads where Jesus would have frequented going through there many times. And so this picture, they, they, they built, uh, they finished building their retreat center, but they had to re-engineer uh, things and, and move things around in order to accommodate that. But they protected, because they had to, the holy site, the, 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 you know, this new site that they had discovered. And so they built this chapel in the back dedicated to the women of the Bible. And they built a, a, a synagogue in the, downstairs in that chapel. And this picture hangs downstairs in that chapel. And you can go down there. And that picture, it, it just doesn't give it justice. Because that picture is about as big as your entire wall there in, the, in this synagogue. And every time I've been in there, God has moved. I mean, really. And, and we've seen people blessed and healed and touched in that moment. But I want you to see the significance of this principle of humility. The woman with the issue of blood is down on her hands and her knees. Some very interesting things about this. Number one, she's not supposed to be there. Has the enemy ever told you you're not supposed to be here? Uh, uh, because if you had a, a bleeding issue, you were declared unclean. Now there's something that we've all learned a whole lot about the last two years, and that's quarantine. 
Does anybody know the definition of quarantine? Amen. I you know if anybody that knows what quarantine is, we know what quarantine is now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, we're, we're glad to be back in the house of the Lord together, unquarantined. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Thank God. But this woman was in quarantine for 12 years. We only had to go through it for two. She had to go through it for 12 years. Every time she went into public, she would have to take the bullhorn and I don't know if Jesus' name was written on the side of it, but she, she would have to take the bullhorn and she would, have to, she would have to shout, unclean, unclean, so that everybody would get out of the way, so that everybody would reject, so that she, everybody would know this, this woman doesn't belong. And so it's, it's very significant that she's on her hands and her feet and have you know that she's down there among the toes in the picture? Have you know that that's humbling? Have you know the Bible says that God gives grace to the humble? He resists the proud. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What got Satan kicked out of heaven was not humility. What got Satan kicked out of heaven was pride and arrogance. And usurping himself above the throne of God, which he could not do. And the consequences were, he was ejected from heaven. Because of pride. Pride is not the answer. Pride is not our theme song. Pride is not what we're declaring. We're declaring, we humble ourselves. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. But he that exalteth himself shall be abased. It is important that we... Keep a spirit of humility even whenever we're facing resistance like you guys were this week there in Highland Park. You were facing the resistance, but you kept a spirit of humility that said Jesus is in this place. That I represent the Son of God who came not in pride and arrogance, but humbled himself and became a servant and became obedient even to the death of the cross of the crucifixion. Jesus humbled himself, did not think of himself to be highly and exalted, but humbled himself and became like us and like you. Yet without sin, he who knew no sin became the righteousness of God so that you and I could be brought back into right relationship. Praise God. Humility. 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 Jesus talks... I mean, the Bible is so reversed, contrary to worldview thinking. In order to be the greatest, you become the least. It's not how many people serve us. It's how many people we serve that matters to God. I believe that this woman approached Jesus with a spirit of humility. She was willing to get on her hands and her knees. She was willing to humble herself among the dust and the dirt and all of the, 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 the filth of walking on the ground and all of these, you know, dirty feet all around you. You know, in that culture, the first thing they did when you went into a home or a house was you would have to wash their feet because of all the dirt and all the filth. And this is where this woman's at. She's down among the dirt and the filth. She's humbled herself. She's declaring herself unclean. Everybody said she doesn't belong. Everybody has rejected her, said she's not supposed to be there. But she had a spirit of touching Jesus with humility. But now, humility is not an excuse for us to be passive. Yeah. 
Because she moves into a whole other realm, a whole other principle, which is called number two, she steps into the principle of the determination. Because the Bible says that she determines. She hears about Jesus. No doubt she heard, he, you know, it's in Luke chapter 8. She, she heard that he had calmed the storm. She'd heard that he had delivered a demoniac. She'd heard of miracles. And so she heard about Jesus. That's all people need to hear is about Jesus. Amen. All of us in here today can go somewhere today and tell somebody that Jesus loves them. I said all of us in here today. All of us in here today. All of us in here today can say to our waitress or waiter or servant, customer service person, we can say Jesus loves you. All of us can say to our neighbor, Jesus loves you. All of us can say, Jesus loves you. Jesus is here marching through this crowd, pressing through this crowd. The woman's on her hands and her feet. And she determines, she makes a determination. And here's what her determination is. Her determination comes with a declaration. And here's her declaration. She says, if I may but touch the hem of his garment. That was her declaration. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. This is what she was believing. If I can touch the hem of his garment. Not Jesus lay hands on me. Not the elders lay hands on me. And I believe in that. The Bible teaches us to do that. Amen. If there be any sick, let them call for the elders of the church. Anoint them with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And, and, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. So I believe in that. But this woman's faith was at a level we haven't seen. Because she says, if I just can just touch the hem of his garment. She had a declaration of faith. I will be made whole. I'll never forget in 2006, my wife and I were sitting behind the door of the doctor's office. My wife had, had been having intense uh, issues in her back pain and, and, and hurting and, and so we had gone through some of the tests and so forth and, and the doctor came in he knocked on the door and we were sitting there behind waiting for the you know the diagnosis find out what was going on and he walks in the door and he says Mr. Miss Holder he said I'm, I'm sorry I have to give you this news but you have colon cancer and he said we have to remove it immediately there's a tumor growing in your colon, and we need to remove this immediately. But here's what he said. I don't even know if he realized he said it or not. But he said, we've caught it early. We grabbed a hold of that one. Early means it hadn't gotten so far. It hadn't got into other parts of her body. Praise God. And then he said this. He said, if we take care of this, he said, we... I believe that this will not alter her lifespan. Well, she's been 15 years cancer-free right now. Amen. Praise God. But, but we grabbed a hold of that declaration of faith, didn't we, Should we, we? When we prayed, we prayed this will not alter her lifespan. We're going to live out our days. As husband and wife, we said, till death do us part. So we're going we're gonna to go as long as we can. Amen. And, and well, that was what we grabbed a hold of. So maybe you're going through an issue right now. Maybe you're dealing with 
something I haven't even mentioned or even talked about. Maybe nobody even knows about it. But I want you to grab a hold of a declaration of faith that says, I can touch Jesus. Jesus is not an untouchable. He is touchable. Jesus is faithful. And you can touch Him. He's accessible 24-7. He's not on vacation. He's, he, he, he don't send you to voicemail. He responds to us, amen, and He's faithful, praise God. And, and, and He hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. And with God, all things are possible. And so she said, I am determined. I am going to press through the crowd. I'm not supposed to be in the parade, but I'm going to get in the parade anyway. I'm going to, spirit of humility, I'm going down on my hands and my knees. She didn't say I'm going to touch him on his head. She didn't even say I'm going to touch him on his shoulders. Or if I can just touch him on on his cheeks. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I will be made whole. Praise God. And she determined to push through the pain. Somebody in here this morning, you may have to push through some pain. She was determined to push through the rejection. Some of us in here may feel like we don't belong, but you do belong. That's a lie of the enemy that says we don't belong. You belong in the parade. And you can touch Jesus. God's no respecter of persons. Praise God. All of us have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are children of the Most High God. You've been created and made in the likeness and the image of God Himself. Praise God. You are fearfully and you are wonderfully made in His likeness and His image. And He cares about what you're dealing with. He cares about our issues. He cares about what problems that we face. He cares about what struggles. I don't know, but the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now. Some of you are going through a struggle. But struggle is evidence that the enemy has not conquered you. You're still in the battle. You're still in the trenches. You're still going through the, the process. And God is going to see you through the storm. He's going to see you through the fire. He's going to see you through the pain. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is right by your side. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And God's grace is sufficient for whatever you're facing and struggling with today. Amen? Struggle is evidence the enemy is not conquered. And she was struggling through the crowd, through the dirt, through the filth of the, that, that, that particular situation that she was going to touch the hem of his garment. Which brings us to principle number three. The principle of faith. The principle of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. Why is it so... Im- I'm going to tell you right now, you're not here today by accident. We're here on divine purpose. I didn't get an early flight yesterday, my wife and I, because it was an accident. God sent us here last night and specifically addressed some, some very stressing issues, pressing issues, specifically addressing. One lady came up to us 
after the service last night, Pastor Darrell, and she was going through almost the same thing. Identically, my wife was going through. And I shared my wife's portion of her testimony, and it ministered to her. God had us here. If it weren't for nobody else, it was just for her. But I'm telling you right now, He cares about all of us. And we're not here by accident. We're here by divine appointment. And it's by faith because here we are hearing the word of the Lord. And where does faith come from? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. I love it. I love it when y'all help me preach. Y'all fun to preach to, I tell you. No wonder Pastor, no Pastor Darrell has so, so much fun. Amen. The principle of faith. Faith is what God has given us through His Word. You know the interesting thing about the disciples? <laughs> Jesus was, of course, preparing His disciples for His his departure. So he was loading them up. I mean, he was loading them up. He was giving them instructions and concerning the kingdom of God. And, and the disciples come to him in, in this, you know, in, the, in these last moments, these last days of Jesus being here on the earth with his disciples. And so his disciples were inquisitive about things. And so, you know, they were asking Jesus questions. Well, they came to him and they said, Jesus... <laughs> probably this is we, we you know we may I may have I'll just say that for me I may have said Jesus can I get a raise <laughs> I may have said I may have said I may I may have said Jesus can can uh can I you know I get a promotion you know can I get a can I get a better title than than you know just disciple I want to I want a title that really mean you know I can get influence or whatever that's probably in in our human nature because there was a couple of guys that asked Jesus said you know can we sit on your right hand and your left hand when you come in here you remember those two guys and Jesus rebuked if it's not mine to give you know and uh, um, so so I mean they were they had those kind of thoughts but that's not what they asked they didn't ask for a promotion they didn't ask for a raise they didn't ask for a new title they said, Jesus, will you increase our faith? That's what they asked. Increase our faith. You know, there, there's also a scripture in Luke chapter 17. It talks about, would Jesus find faith when he returns to this earth? What is Satan really undermining in this culture today? In our culture. When I, when I say our culture, our, our Western culture here in the U.S. What, what is Satan undermining? Our faith. Our faith. That should say something to us about how important it is. And this woman, she declared, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. That was her declaration of faith. And she pressed through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. And immediately, instantly, she was healed. Amen. What, what 12 years of doctor visits and doctor bills could not do, Jesus did in an instant. Amen. And with God still to this day, 
all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. Am I saying that God heals everybody? No, no. I don't understand that part of it. I'm not him. But I know he does. I've seen him heal. My wife's a living example of it. He can. And he heals this woman of her issue of blood instantly. It doesn't stop there. Because Jesus goes on to Jairus' house. And he lets Peter, James, and John in. And the mother and father. Well, Jesus says, she's just sleeping. I'm, I'm going to deal with this now. And, and they laughed him to scorn. Read it. In King James, it says they laughed him to scorn. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, he, he wasn't no pushover. So he said, y'all get out. You know what he was saying, get out? Unbelief. That's what he was saying. Get out of here with your unbelief. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so, after he got them, all that unbelief out, he goes into the house and he raises Jairus' 12-year-old daughter from the dead. All of this takes place in Luke chapter 8 as just a message of encouraging our faith that nothing's too difficult for our God. Amen. 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 Nothing's too difficult for our God. Praise the Lord. So for you today, for me today, whatever issues we're dealing with, we can touch Jesus. You're not always going to have Pastor Daryl, Pastor Steve, the elders in the room, but you will always have Jesus. He's always accessible. Amen. And I'm not discrediting that either. Because the Bible teaches us if any two agree is touching any one thing, two are better than one. I'm, I'm not discrediting that. But you might find yourself alone one day, but you're never alone because Jesus is with you. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you today for your son Jesus. Thank you for the life, the sacrifice, the death, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. And because He lives, we can live also. I pray today, God, for needs in this room. That, God, You would address them. That their faith would, would touch You. Thank with you. determination, humility, yes. and with a declaration of faith. Mm -hmm. Stand upon the truth of God's Word. Mm -hmm. Thank You today for Your Word. Thank You that we receive it into our hearts. And we apply it to our lives. And we stand upon the promises of God. And You're not slack concerning Your promises. Mm -hmm. But you're faithful to usward who believe. And God, we believe. Yes. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Amen. What a, what a good word. Can you see why?